Chapter 1 Unpacking had left me totally drained. I plopped down on my couch, fighting sleep. Sadly all I had managed to do was place all of my furniture. Most of my clothes were still in boxes. I put away and tidied up most of my kitchen. But just about everything else was still boxed up. My best friend, Pepe Butler, who had graciously helped me with just about everything, was already gone and probably passed out on his bed, so I didn't bother checking on him. I was glad to have him help, though. I wouldn't have gotten nearly this much done alone. I picked up my phone. It was late. My other two friends, Finn and Jake, weren't on social media. I wondered what they could be up to. Probably busy playing some card game. I decided not to bother them either. I caught myself nodding off and stretched before I fell asleep for good. I yawned and lazily stood up from my couch. I felt gross and sweaty from all the manual labor I had done today and figured that I really needed a shower. After peeking into a few boxes, I finally found my bath supplies. I sat them in the bathroom and left to hunt for clothes to put on afterwards. I spread the pajamas out carefully and neatly onto my bed, shed my clothes, and started a warm, cozy bubble bath to relax my muscles. I groaned in bliss when my body was submerged in the hot water and laid there to let myself soak. It was probably a mistake to close my eyes because when I woke up the water was lukewarm. After realizing that I had fallen asleep in the tub, I quickly washed myself off and got out, making sure to drain the water. I moisturized my skin, wrapped up in my favorite pink, fuzzy robe, and went downstairs to see if any of the Chinese take-out was still left from earlier. I yawned as I tossed the rice and two egg rolls into the microwave. As I stood waiting, I thought I heard breathing coming from inside my apartment. It was faint, so I figured the walls must be thin and it's from the apartment next door. Someone must be snoring. As I continued waiting, I ran my fingers through my hair, which was dyed blonde with pale, pink streaks. The pink was fading, and I made sure to remember that I would need to make time to dye it again. My friends always liked to poke fun at me for dyeing my hair. They always said the natural red was perfect, but I never liked it. I was thankful, though, that my eyebrows were brown. That way my natural hair color wouldn't be given away to strangers. The microwave beeped and I heard grumbling. Again, it sounded like it came from inside of my apartment. I made note to not be loud late at night because these walls must be stupid thin. I grabbed my food and made my way into the living room. But as I made my way to the couch, I found an unwelcome stranger laying there asleep. I jumped, causing all my food to fall on the floor. A loud squeaking sound escaped my mouth and I stood there, unsure of how to deal with this intruder. But the girl wasn't moving. In fact, she was still sleeping peacefully, despite all of my commotion. I relaxed a little, stopping to think. I thought maybe she was homeless, or maybe even mentally confused. She was very petite, light brown skin, and styled her hair in sort of a curly afro with a green headband covering her forehead. The dress she wore matched the headband, and white heels were kicked off of her feet and laying on the floor. I also noticed a guitar case that was half opened. The guitar inside of it was blue and white. Was she in a band?
I crossed my arms inside. Well, whoever she was, she needed to leave. I don't appreciate intruders. She had even left my door slightly opened. Of course, I hadn't locked it. I should have known better. I checked to make sure my robe was secured, then began to walk over to her. I didn't plan on touching her. She might hit me either by accident or reflex if I get too close. Maybe if I get a little closer and call loudly to her, she'll wake up. I stood just out of arm's length and took a deep breath. Just as I was about to say something, I heard a voice calling from just outside my door. Kayla, where are you? I told you I was in 205. Did you go into the wrong apartment again? That might explain something. My apartment is 204, so maybe she was only here by mistake. The stranger on my couch only grumbled again. I walked over to the door, hoping this person could remove this girl from my couch. I opened the door to find a girl, her brown skin just a shade darker than the girl inside. She wore her hair straight and long. A red dress covered her body, along with a matching red headband and white heels. I noticed that on her back she was also carrying a guitar. I supposed these two girls were in a band together. They must have just gotten back from a show recently. Maybe these girls rode separately and the one on my couch got to the building first. Is this your friend? I asked, flatly. I might have sounded rude, but it was mostly because I was tired. The embarrassed girl peeked inside, then nodded. Yeah, sorry about that, she apologized, refusing to meet my eyes again. This is the second time she's done this. I'll make sure it doesn't happen again. She gets confused and I only moved in a couple of weeks ago, the girl explained. That would be appreciated, I said with a deep yawn as I stepped aside and allowed her to walk in. She shook her friend and called her name until she finally opened her eyes. The long-haired girl explained that she had come into the wrong apartment again. When the short-haired girl comprehended what was said, she jumped up, her face as red as an apple. Oh my glob, I'm so sorry. She squealed. The long-haired girl punched her friend in the shoulder playfully. You're lucky this girl wasn't too angry about it. It won't happen again, the short-haired girl said, then rushed out the door. The long-haired girl began to follow her, but stopped just outside of my doorway. I'm gonna suggest you lock your door at night, just in case, she said with a slight smile. Yeah, I nodded. I'm Marceline, by the way. Bonnie I yawned. I guess I'll see you around, Marceline said as she closed my door. I counted to ten before I walked over to lock it. I slowly turned around and grumbled. I would have to clean the food I spilled before I went to sleep, even though I didn't have the energy to do so. When the mess was gone I double-checked my door, it was still locked. But I was annoyed when I found that girl's guitar still leaning against my couch. I would have to return it soon. But it could wait until tomorrow, so I shook my head and walked into my bedroom. I collapsed on my mattress and was asleep within seconds. Chapter 2 I woke up to the sound of my cell phone beeping. I groggily peeped my eyes open and moaned. I was never a morning person. 
After a couple failed attempts to grab my phone, I finally had it in my grasp. I slowly sat up and brushed some hair out of my face. I yawned and stretched, cracking my back. Then, finally, I looked at my phone. It was a text message from my friend, Finn Mertens. Hey Bon Bon, you up? How is everything in the new pad? I read the message as I stumbled through the apartment and into my kitchen, preparing coffee for the morning. Pretty good. Last night though, a stranger came into my apartment and fell asleep on my couch, I typed as the pot brewed. Whoa. How did that go, Finn asked. She just came in by mistake. Her friend had to come in and get her. That's what I get for not locking my door, I typed, silently laughing to myself. LOL. Good thing she wasn't some kind of criminal. I poured my coffee and yawned again. I was thankful I had the day off. Maybe I'll get my hair done today. I took a drink and moved to go sit on the couch. I sighed with remorse, spotting the guitar still leaning against my couch. I would have to return it today, too, I suppose. Jake, Pepe, and I are going to see a local concert this weekend. Wanna come? Finn messaged me. Sure, I replied. I sat my phone down and finished my coffee at a slow pace. When it was gone I got dressed for the day. I combed my hair, brushed my teeth, applied a little makeup, then went back into the living room. I growled at the guitar again. Maybe I could drop it off in apartment 205 before I do anything else today so it could be done and out of my hair. I'll just knock, hand one of those girls the guitar, then say I have a busy day. Minimal conversation required. I wasn't interested in making friends with careless and irresponsible girls like that. They probably lived the life of a rock star. I would bet they did nothing but play concerts, then go out and get drunk and act like morons in some club. I grabbed my bag, double-checking to make sure my wallet, keys and phone were in it. Then I zipped the guitar up in its black case and picked it up by the handle. I rolled my eyes and took a deep breath, mentally preparing myself for my hopefully last conversation with those two. I walked out of my apartment, locked the door, and made my way to door 205. I knocked four times, then waited. There was no answer after two minutes, so I knocked again. After another two minutes, I almost gave up and decided on letting the guitar stay with me. I guessed I would have to try again when I got back. But then I heard a muffled voice from the other side of the door. Hold on, the voice called. I sighed and waited for this girl, who I presumed was Marceline, fumble with the knob, then finally open the door. But this girl didn't look like the same Marceline I met last night. Her long, black hair was a mess and she wasn't wearing any makeup. She had dark circles under her eyes and a saliva stain on her cheek. She squinted her eyes at the sunlight and had a hard time keeping them open. Ugh, come in, out of the sunlight, please, the girl mumbled. I wasn't sure how to respond, but my legs moved on their own. Before I knew it, she had closed the door behind me. I stood awkwardly, admiring the decor of her apartment. She had somehow managed to let the landlord put up pink wallpaper in her living room. 
The carpet was blue and two bright red couches sat on two separate walls. Had she done this herself? It was the exact opposite of how I imagined she would decorate. I caught the girl staring at me from the corner of my eye. I cleared my throat and she jumped, then blushed. I wondered what that was about, but didn't want to stay here any longer than needed. Your friend left her guitar, I said blankly. Oh, she did, Marceline said, refusing to look at me directly again. I held up the guitar and she took it from me. She placed it in a coat closet, then sat on her couch. Would you like coffee or anything? I can make some, she asked, still not looking at me. Sorry, but I can't, I lied. I'm really busy today. I made my way to the door. Some other time, then, she asked as I was about to leave. Sure, I said. I left the apartment and wanted to slap myself. I had accidentally agreed to meet her for coffee. Now I would either have to come up with a believable lie to get out of it, or worse, actually do it. I groaned as I jumped into my pink Volkswagen Beetle. We live right next to each other. She would figure out I was lying eventually, and it would probably hurt her feelings. Normally I wouldn't care, but she actually seemed kind of nice. The first thing I did that day was go to the first hair salon I saw. I got a trim and had my hair dyed. When that was done I spotted a yoga center across the street and decided to buy a month-long membership. I figured I would have to stay in shape somehow. After that I walked into a little cafe and grabbed a latte and a bagel. I decided to sit in the cafe and enjoy my small lunch. It wasn't like I had anything better to do. As I slowly drank my beverage, I decided to text Finn again. What was the name of the band we're going to see, anyways, I asked him. The Screen Queens, Finn replied minutes later. As I was about to ask him the time and place of our meeting, a man sat in the seat across from me with a smile. I planned to ignore him, but then he smiled and offered his hand. I shook it disdainfully. My name is Guy. I haven't seen you here before, and I come here almost every day. I looked at him while he talked and smiled accidentally. But I suppose he wasn't bad-looking. He had shaggy, brown hair and a handsome face. His eyes were also a lovely shade of green. I just moved into town. My name is Bonnie Bull, I said. I tried to hide it from my voice, but I did happen to think he was awfully cute. New in town, huh, Guy said as he scratched the slight beard on his chin. You should come and see my show this weekend. Maybe after we can meet up and I'll show you around? I wasn't sure if I wanted to actually go on what was obviously going to be a date. I also already had plans with my friends, so I'd have to turn him down. Sorry, I'm going to go see the Scream Queens with my friends already. Maybe some other time. Guy laughed a little. That's my band, actually. But if you don't want to ditch your friends, I'll understand. With a name like that I imagined the band to be all girls. I'll talk to them and think about it, I said, feeling a blush creeping into my cheeks. If you can come, I'll introduce you to the band, they're all really cool. Our bassist and guitarist are really cool girls. I'm sure you'll get along with them.
our drummer, Bongo. Well, I'll let you decide for yourself. He chuckled. Guy's phone beeped. He looked at it, then jumped up. Oh, I'm late for rehearsal, he said. I'll see you later, he called as he left the cafe. I hid my face in my hands. I would have to seriously consider going on a date with someone as good-looking as him. I'm sure Finn, Jake, and Pepe would understand. I hadn't dated anyone at all in over a year. They'd probably tell me to go regardless of whether or not I wanted to. I picked up my phone and messaged Finn. He only required that I hang with them during the show. My plans were set, then. Chapter 3 It was Friday night and I was finishing up my evening shift at the bakery where I co-managed. I hated working for someone else, but I knew I had to start somehow. In my opinion, I should have been head manager. I did go to a culinary college, after all. But even though I'm the best damn baker here, they felt that I just didn't have enough experience. Even though I didn't really want the position, I moved so I could be closer to my workplace and took the job. If they thought I needed more experience, then I would get so much experience that it would knock the boss's pants off. I watched as the crew members cleaned the store properly and put everything away into its proper place. When each individual employee was done with the job I assigned, I told them to leave. I left after everyone was gone and I did one more check to make sure everything was perfect. Once I was satisfied, I locked up shop and hopped into my car, headed for my apartment. I figured I would relax until about 5 o'clock tomorrow, when it was time to meet up with my friends and go watch the Scream Queens play live. After that I had a sort of date with Guy. I would meet the band and have a good time, presumably. I was standing in a crowd watching an outdoor concert with my friends, Finn, Jake, and Pepe. The band hadn't come on stage yet. I listened to Jake and Finn talk amongst themselves. Jake had brought his girlfriend Rain, and Finn was depressed that his girlfriend, Phoebe, couldn't make it. Pepe was as quiet as ever, but probably dying of anticipation on the inside. He loved rock bands. Really, anything of a dark aesthetic excited him. I ruffled his hair, which he had dyed blonde with red streaks. He looked up at me and smiled, but quickly turned his attention back to the stage as the band members entered one by one. First was a big guy with curly, shoulder-length hair. He pumped his fists, then sat at the drums. I assumed that was Bongo. Next was Guy. I threw my arms up and waved as he moved over to stand at the keyboard. The bassist took the stage next. I couldn't see well, but the way she looked familiar. Lastly, a girl with an afro came out. I wondered, were those girls my neighbors? The girl with long, black hair wearing a black tank and red, leather pants took the middle of the stage. I am Marceline and we are the Scream Queens. Wow, so my neighbor is in this band. I guess I should have seen that coming. I wondered how she and her friends would sound. I hoped it was good, but I couldn't be sure for some reason. This first song is called Boys for Breakfast, Marceline announced. I expected their sound to be heavier, but it was actually pretty mellow. I enjoyed listening and Marceline was a very talented singer and bassist. 
I was captivated by her voice throughout the whole show. I don't think I even heard any of the other instruments. When the concert was over I stood around with my friends while I waited for Guy to find me. I really enjoyed their sound, Pepe told me. What did you think, Bonnie I liked it, too. The melodies were pretty smooth and well-written. Pepe chuckled lightly. I wasn't all that fond of the singer, though. I felt like she could have done better. I like her, I retorted. Pepe gave me a smirk and my face turned red. Her voice I mean. I thought she was great. Pepe stood on his toes so that he could put his mouth near my ear. I saw the way you watched her, he said with that same smirk. I lightly punched him in the shoulder. I'm not. I like men, okay? Despite my scowl he gave me a cheeky grin. Of course I didn't like the same sex. I've never been attracted to another girl, it's always been dudes. He may have been my best friend for as long as I can remember, but I started to think Pepe was losing his touch. Maybe moving out of town made our connection suffer. I felt my phone vibrate in my pocket and took it out to see who was calling. It was my twin brother, Nettie. Hi, Nettie, I said. I listened to his excited giggling. Hi, Bonnie. Guess what I did today, he said with an excited tone. Did you go to the park, I guessed. I smiled when I heard a few more muffled giggles. Yeah. I saw a really cute doggy today. I thought it looked really skinny like it didn't eat a lot. The nice lady said that it was a greyhound and that's just how they look, he explained with confidence and excitement. Oh, greyhounds are very pretty dogs, I retorted, smiling sweetly. What are you doing today, Bonnie, my brother asked me. I saw a concert today and I'm going to meet a date soon, I explained. Is he nice? Yeah, I think so. But we just met, so I'm not sure, yet, I said, half smiling. I spotted Guy walking and waved him over. Oh, Nettie, there he is. Is it okay if I call you back later? Okay. I hope he's nice and you have fun. Bye, Bonnie. Talk to you later, Nettie, I said, and ended the call. Pepe, I'll see you later. That's my date. Tell Finn and Jake I had fun, I said as I walked away to meet Guy. Enjoy the show, Guy asked, putting his hand on my shoulder. I shrugged his hand away and half smiled. Yeah, it was pretty good. Did you like my mad keyboard skills, he asked, grinning as he led me behind the stage. I actually hadn't paid him any attention the whole show. You were all right, I decided to say. Once we were behind the stage, Guy motioned towards two vans. I saw Bongo packing the instruments onto one, and in the other were my neighbor Marceline and her friend, whose name escaped me. They were laughing and making faces at each other. Well, that big guy is Bongo. Marceline sings and plays bass, and Kayla is the guitarist, he said as he pointed at each of his friends. I've met Marceline and Kayla, I began. Marceline lives in the apartment right next to mine. Oh, Guy laughed, well that's good. You're already acquainted. He knocked on the van. 
When he got the girl's attention he waved and pointed his thumb at me. Marceline gave me a strange look and Kayla shook her head. I wondered what that was about. Did they not want me around? Was I intruding and unwelcome? I started to feel self-conscious and wondered if I should leave. I felt like maybe I should have cancelled this date and suggested we do it another time. But just as I was about to speak, Guy pushed me into the vehicle. He and Bongo followed after me. Hi, Bonnie Marceline said shyly. Hi Marceline, hi Kayla, I mumbled. Do you drink, Kayla asked, as if breaking an awkward silence. Not much, I replied, watching as Guy sat in the front of the van to talk to Bongo, who was laughing loudly at some joke. Kayla shoved a bottle in my hand, then handed one to Marceline. I eyed the bottle of beer, wondering if I really wanted to drink it. I was never a fan of alcohol. I could count the times I've drank any on one hand. I watched as Marceline opened hers and chugged it all down in one go. She then got up to sit further back in the van. She put a pair of headphones on and turned the volume up loud enough so that I could hear it slightly. I couldn't understand the words, but the instruments sounded like chaos. Don't mind her. She likes to zone out after a show, Kayla explained. I nodded and sighed. I was feeling awkward and decided I would drink the beer I was holding. I drank half of it before stopping. I knew my tolerance was low and I didn't want to get drunk in a hurry. Guy came to join Kayla and I. She offered him a beer but he turned it down. I was thinking we could go to a club or something tonight, and someone has to drive this hunk of junk back to my place, he said, grinning at me. What do you think, Bonnie I thought for a moment. I wasn't sure. Club scenes weren't my thing and I didn't like to party. I don't know, I sighed. Do you have any siblings? Guy asked, changing the subject. My head began to feel a little light. A twin brother, Nettie, I answered. Aw oh man, I wish I had a twin. I bet that would be cool. What's he like? Kayla asked. He likes dogs, art, and stuffed animals, I said. He's not much of a talker, either. He has trouble conveying his emotions to strangers. It makes him super uncomfortable. Why is that? Guy asked with his head cocked to the side. He's mentally challenged, I replied. What about you? Guy asked. My parents got mad that I didn't go to college to be a scientist. They said with my big brain I could probably figure out time travel. But I wanted to go to culinary school. Guy chuckled. Wow, so what, did you absorb both brains while you were in the womb? My face went blank and I gave Guy a death stare. I wanted to take the bottle I was holding and break it over his head. What the hell, Guy, Kayla yelled. That was a terrible thing to say. Guy genuinely looked confused, but I didn't care. I stood up, my hand gripping the bottle tightly. I probably would have done it, had Kayla not grabbed me by the arm. She led me to the back of the van, grabbing Marceline with the other hand. She opened the back doors and jumped out with us. She kicked both doors shut as hard as she could with her foot, then let us go and sighed loudly. 
Dude, what in the hell are we doing? Marceline asked, obviously annoyed. She removed her headphones and sat them over her neck. Guy made another awful joke, Kayla explained. Marceline cackled. Wow, he blew it with you fast, she laughed. Sorry, Bonnie Bull. Guy is really dumb, Kayla apologized. He's still learning. I crossed my arms inside. I shook off my anger. I realized I still had the bottle in my hand and finished the drink. I think Bonnie Bull would have killed him if I didn't stop her, I heard Kayla whisper to Marceline. You should have seen the look in her eyes. It was so scary. I grumbled under my breath. I remembered all the times in school when I heard people say awful things like that. I'll admit, I beat up a few people for it, which got me a bad reputation. But I couldn't take the sad look Nettie had in his eyes when people addressed his condition in such a rude way. By my senior year in high school, people were afraid to even talk about my brother, which put my mind at ease when I left for college. There's a little bar within walking distance of here, Bonnie Bull. Wanna come with us? Marceline asked. I jumped at the question. My mind was completely somewhere else. But I didn't have anything better to do. My plans were gone. So I shrugged and nodded. These girls seemed at least a little nicer than I first suspected, so maybe I could make friends with them. It was about a 20-minute walk to our destination. The bar was in town between two other buildings that were closed for the night. I could hear music coming from inside the building. We walked in and were stopped by a man who asked for our IDs. Once we showed them I followed the girls to the bartender. Marceline ordered three drinks. I didn't hear what she called them, but Kayla looked pretty excited to get one. When we got our glasses I followed the girls to a booth and we sat down. The local band had just finished playing and the music was switched to radio. So what did Guy say that made you so angry, Marceline asked after taking a big gulp of her drink. He made a joke about my autistic brother, I replied. Marceline drew back in shock, then shook her head. Wow, Guy is so stupid, she sighed. He doesn't mean to be, though. He's just uneducated about that sort of thing. Are you gonna forgive him when he apologizes, Kayla asked. I shook my head. He had crossed a line, and I wasn't gonna let him take that insult back. He deserved whatever guilt he felt for it. The three of us ended up talking and getting to know each other. I found out Kayla and Marceline really liked vampires and that it used to be the theme of their band. But when the media got a hold of vampires, they felt like it ruined the whole thing. I also learned that Marceline had lost her mom and didn't get along with her dad. I told them about Nettie and I being orphans, and how nice our adopted parents were. I even finished my drink and offered to pay for another round for the three of us. But when I came back to the booth we were sharing, Kayla and Marceline jumped up to go use the bathroom, leaving me alone. I felt awkward sitting alone in this loud bar. I suddenly noticed how many men were in the bar and how few women there were. I started to get a little paranoid, but that might have been the alcohol talking. It was supposed to be a weak drink, but I was really starting to feel drunk all of a sudden. I rested my head on the table. 
I jumped up when I felt someone sit down beside me. I expected it to be Marceline or Kayla, but it wasn't. Hello beautiful, a man said. He touched my back and I arched it quickly, trying to avoid his hand. But that didn't stop him. He only moved it to my knee. I wanted to spit at him and smack his face, but then I noticed how big he was. I was trapped between him and a wall. Can you please not touch me and leave? He ignored my demands and only grinned. Wanna come home with me tonight? It sounded more like a demand rather than a question. No. Please leave me alone, I said. I think I might have yelled, but I wasn't sure. I spotted Marceline and Kayla standing behind the man, looking at me. Their eyes were concerned. I glared at them, trying to convey as much as possible with my face that I needed help. The man slowly trailed his hand up my thigh and I flinched, then slapped his hand, trying to stop him. That's when Marceline stepped in. She smacked her hand on his shoulder. He removed his hand and quickly turned to her. You need to leave, bro, Marceline warned him. Why should I? She's clearly not interested, Marceline said in a sharp tone. The man stood, straightened his back, and flexed his muscles. He had to be at least seven feet tall and three hundred pounds of nothing but muscles. I suddenly felt very small. If that man wanted to hit Marceline, she'd be unconscious within seconds. I had to say something that didn't sound too mean so as not to send him into a rage, but what could I say? I vomited out the first thing that came to mind. I don't like men, she's my girlfriend. The monster of a man looked back at me and scoffed. Disgusting, he mumbled under his breath, then walked away. I made a loud sigh of relief. But when I looked up, he was still watching us from across the room, sitting with a group of other large men. His glance made me feel uneasy. Had he seen through my lie? Can we leave, I whispered into Marceline's ear, but not taking my eyes off the man. Marceline nodded at Kayla. As we began to walk, I saw the guy move, as if he would get up and follow us. My head spun a little, but I tried to shake it off. Marceline laughed and told me to sit back down. She suggested we should sit down for a bit longer. She thought it would be safer to wait for those men to leave first and let the alcohol pass through my system so that we could all walk home. But the men left shortly after and I ended up finishing my second drink with the girls. We hadn't left the bar until it closed at about two in the morning. Kayla and Marceline laughed at the fact that I was having a hard time walking in a straight line. Marceline ended up holding on to me so that I wouldn't accidentally find my way into the street and get hit by a passing car. Wow, Bonnie you really can't handle your alcohol, she laughed. I even made sure to get us malt beers so that you wouldn't get wasted, Kayla added, joining Marceline's laughter for the hundredth time that night. I've never had more than one of anything, I muttered, then giggled a little. Wow, really, Marceline asked as I put my cheek against hers. It felt so warm and I thought it was a little chilly outside. YOLO, I whispered to her. Kayla had to stop walking because she was laughing so hard. Marceline, she's such a nerd. I am, I giggled, 
holding onto Marceline's arms with both of my hands. All right, I'll see you girls, later, Kayla said, walking down a different street than where we were heading. Marcy, where's she going, I moaned. She lives down that way, Marceline chuckled. I'm glad we're neighbors. I don't think you remember where you live right now. I'm trying, okay, I whispered, wrapping my arms around Marceline's waist. I'm really cold, do you have a jacket? I'm not wearing one, Marceline laughed. I held on to Marceline until we got to our apartment building. I let go of her so she could open the door, then grabbed her arm, again. Even though it wasn't as cold, I was still drunk, and apparently a touchy drunk. Marceline laughed, leading me up the stairs and to my door. I closed my eyes as she reached into my purse, which was sitting on my shoulder, to look for my keys. Bonnie, I can't find your keys, she told me. Are you sure, I groaned. She looked again. I think you might have dropped them somewhere. Do you have a spare? No, I pouted. Can I stay with you, you're warm? I felt Marceline's body temperature rise a little, and I hugged her tighter, trying to absorb some of the heat for myself. Uh, I guess, Marceline stuttered. Marceline shuffled over to her door. It might have been difficult with me being attached to her torso. She took a set of keys out of her pocket and unlocked her door. She opened it and walked inside with me. She closed the door and my eyes burned when she turned on the light. I hid my face in her neck. Bonnie, Marceline said with an awkward-sounding tone in her voice. Yes, I breathed on her skin and wondered why she suddenly stiffened. Where do you want to sleep? In bed, I laughed. Where do people sleep on your planet? I looked up at her red face and yawned. Um, okay, Marceline mumbled, leading me into her room. When I saw a bed I quickly fell down on it. I'm gonna use the bathroom and sleep on the couch, she said, then left. No, I protested. I'll freeze. Can't you sleep in the bed with me? Marceline didn't answer. I sighed and realized I had jeans on. I kicked off my shoes, then my jeans. I knew I'd never get to sleep in those, anyway. They were too stiff and rough. I got under the blanket and closed my eyes. When I heard the bathroom door open I rose up to call Marceline. Marcy, dude, please come sleep in this bed. I begged. I made sure to make puppy dog eyes at her. It's cold, can you please just sleep in the bed and keep me warm? Okay, Marceline said with a soft smile. She grabbed some pajamas and went back to the bathroom to change. She came out and stared at my jeans laying on the floor. Bonnie, are you not wearing pants? I can't sleep in jeans, I explained. Come on, I'm freezing. Bonnie, it's not even cold, she said. Yes it is, I whined. Marceline made a loud sigh, then turned off the light. She got in bed with me and I hugged her from behind, making sure to scoot close. She was super warm and it felt so cozy. I buried my face into her soft, black hair. It smelled really good. Tell me what shampoo you use in the morning, I yawned, then fell asleep. 
Chapter 4 I slept like a rock that night. When I woke up I decided against opening my eyes just yet. I was very groggy and so thirsty that my mouth felt like a desert. I tried to think back to last night, but it was a little foggy. I remember ditching Guy to go to a bar with Marceline and Kayla. I had three alcoholic beverages, more than I'd ever drank in one sitting. I remembered coming very close to being harassed by a pervert. I flexed my fingers, feeling pressure under my arm. I assumed it to be my full-body pillow and snuggled up closer to it. I tried to remember everything else. I think I was awfully clingy towards Marceline. I wondered if I had annoyed her. I hoped not, she seemed nice. I'd make note to apologize for my drunken behavior and learn to control myself better. I wouldn't mind hanging out with her and her friend again. Besides, I was lacking in any friends of the same gender recently. I thought back again. I remembered Marceline telling me she couldn't find my keys in my purse. She let me stay at her house. Wait, that would mean that I wasn't in my bed, huh? If that was the case then what was I hugging in my arms? I peeked my eyes open slowly. I was confused when I found that my face was buried in what felt like black hair. I raised my head up just enough so that I could get a better look. When I realized that I had been spooning Marceline probably all night, I jumped up and bumped my head on the wall behind me. I flinched from the pain and felt incredibly embarrassed. Marceline made a mumbling sound. I thought about getting up and hiding in the bathroom until I could think of a decent explanation as to why I demanded she lay in my arms all night. I covered my mouth with my hands, hoping to mask the sounds of my panicked breathing. I kept saying I was cold, but it's July. I couldn't have been cold. Would she believe me and laugh it off or would she yell at me and ban me from ever coming near her again? Marceline turned over and my whole body stiffened up. But when I saw that her eyes were still closed and she was snoozing peacefully, I relaxed. I caught myself thinking that she looked really cute, being so calm and vulnerable. But like, I meant in a completely platonic way, right? Everyone looks cute while they sleep. It's just a thing people do. I took a deep breath and calmed my nerves. I was acting preposterous and overthinking every detail, something of a flaw I had. I scooted down to the foot of the bed and carefully got up to find the bathroom. I looked down at my legs and had to hold back a scream when I found that I wasn't wearing pants. I snatched my pants up and left the room with red cheeks. I was glad Marceline was still dead asleep. When I was done in the bathroom, I went to the kitchen and downed two glasses of water. After standing around tapping my foot, I decided I should pay Marceline back for this favor somehow. I thought making her breakfast might be a good idea, even though it was nearly ten in the morning. I opened the fridge. The only thing in there was a carton of eggs and toast on the counter. So I cooked enough for the both of us and made a mental note that I would pay her back for the food, too. I sat the plates down on her small kitchen table with only two seats and waited. I assumed she would be awake any moment now. When Marceline slowly walked into the kitchen, eyes still half-closed, I found that I couldn't make direct eye contact and was too embarrassed to say anything to her. She joined me at the table, yawning loudly.
You didn't have to cook for me, Bonnie, she mumbled. I'm sorry about how I acted last night, I said as I passed a lump in my throat, not taking my eyes off my plate. I'm not usually like that. You're pretty funny when you're drunk, Marceline said, picking up a fork. She shoved a large bite into her mouth. I know I was probably annoyed by being so clingy and weird. I understand if you're angry with me, I said, gripping my knees tightly as my heart rate sped up. Any normal person would be pretty angry with such a silly person, wouldn't they? Bonnie, Marceline laughed, what's up with you? I'm not mad or anything. I felt a huge weight lifted off my chest. Oh, you're not? No, she laughed again. Even though I... I paused, remembering how comfortably warm it was to be in her bed sleeping with her in my arms. I quickly snapped myself out of it and started to feel warm. I told myself it was because the window was open and the sun was shining directly on us. I'm sorry about being so weird, I repeated. Stop apologizing, Bonnie, Marceline said in a calm voice. She smiled and I looked away. Oh, my keys, I suddenly remembered. Marceline stood up and left the room, shortly returning with her phone in her hands. She tapped on the phone, then waited for a beep. Bango didn't see them in the van, but he said that he would check again, Marceline said. I wonder if I could get a spare from the superintendent, I thought aloud to myself. Yeah, I'm sure you could. Might want to see about changing your lock, soon, though, Marceline suggested as she finished the last bite of her meal. I'll drive you. The superintendent wasn't happy that I had already lost a key, but still gave me a spare with a warning. He told me to be careful and that he wouldn't be able to change my lock for a few days. With him saying that, I became a little worried. If some weirdo had found my keys, who was to say they wouldn't try to rob me? I considered calling Pepe and asking him to stay with me for a few days. When we got back to the building I was relieved that I would be able to go into my own home and relax. When I stopped to unlock my door, I noticed Marceline lingering behind me and turned to face her. Do you want to come in for coffee? I asked her. No, Marceline said, suddenly nervous. I, um, she paused again. I gave her a confused expression, wondering why she was suddenly seeming so shy. If you need anything, I'm right next door. I mean, I know you're probably worried that a stranger might have your keys, so if you get scared or anything, just knock. I'm always up late at night. Oh, okay, thanks, I said. Marceline nodded and quickly walked over to her door. I watched as she unlocked it and went inside, closing the door quickly behind her. She was awkward, but not in a bad way, I decided. She must be shy by nature. Maybe it's hard for her to be so friendly with someone she had only just met. I went into my apartment and locked the door behind me. Thankfully nothing was missing. I sat down on my couch and picked up my phone. It rang before I could even unlock it. I answered the call. What's up, Pep? So how was your date last night? It lasted ten minutes, I grumbled. Guy made a joke about Nettie and I ditched him. Ouch, Pepe breathed. 
What did you do all night, then? I called to check up on you and didn't get an answer. I went to a bar with Marceline and Kayla. I lost my keys, too, and had to get a spare, I explained. Really, Pepe said, a suspicious tone in his voice. Then where in the world did you sleep last night? With Marceline, I mumbled, knowing what he would say. Excuse me, Pepe said, trying to hold back laughter. I thought you didn't like her that way. I sat up so fast that I nearly fell off my couch. I caught myself and was suddenly out of breath. I hadn't taken into account that I should be careful with my wording of the situation. No, I protested. I stayed at her place for the night, not. Not anything like that, you idiot. Wow, so defensive all of the sudden, Pepe chuckled. What does that mean, I squealed into the phone. Calm down, Bonnie. I was joking. Mostly, Pepe said. I took a deep breath inside after apologizing. I've known you for a long time, Bonnie. I wouldn't tease you if I didn't see something that I know you don't, but I'll leave you alone about it if you want. What are you talking about, Pep? I demanded. Remember Shoko from college, he asked me. She was one of my best friends, I said, my heart suddenly speeding up again. Never mind, Peppy sighed. Oh, hey, can you come over, tonight? I'm kinda worried about a weirdo coming into my apartment while I'm sleeping, I asked, wanting a change of subject. My car is broken, I can't figure out what's wrong. But I'll try, he said. All right, I groaned. Well, if I got too paranoid, I suppose Marceline could keep me company for a while. Text me if something happens, though, I'll call the cops for you. Thanks Pepe, talk to you later, I said, ending the call. Chapter 5 It was rather slow at the bakery and I was getting bored quickly. No customers were coming in and all the work was caught up. I had told the person running the cash register to take a break while I sat up front and watched the store. I rubbed my thumbs on the hem of my apron as I stood looking out of the window, watching people, hoping one of them would come in and give me something to do. I saw Marceline walking at a quick pace. I was about to wave at her, hoping she would come in, when I saw her turn around quickly. She balled her hands up into fists and held them at her side. Stop following me, Ash, I heard her say quite loudly. A man with dyed, white hair cut into a mohawk appeared in front of her, a smug look on his face. I didn't hear what he said, but when he was done speaking, Marceline gave him a very angry look and grit her teeth. Leave me alone you perverted fucking weirdo, Marceline yelled, spitting in his face. The man shrugged his shoulders and walked away. I walked to the front door of the bakery and called Marceline just before she stormed away. After taking a few deep breaths she turned to me with a half-smile, walking into the store. Who was that? I asked, taking my spot back behind the register. My ex, unfortunately, Marceline mumbled. I didn't know how I should reply, so I made a concerned face, instead. So, you work here, huh? Marceline asked. I observed her body language. She was clearly uncomfortable and worried that Ash might show up again when she left this building. 
I wondered what kind of person the man actually was and what he could have possibly said to make her feel so unsafe. Bonnie, Marceline called. I jumped, realizing she had asked me a question and was waiting for an answer. Oh, yeah. I'm the co-manager, I replied, looking away. Marceline brushed some hair behind an ear and dropped her gaze to the floor. My shift ends pretty soon if you need someone to drive you home, I offered, suddenly feeling like I was being awkward. I'm done with my break, Bonnie Bull, the worker who was originally running the cash register said, standing behind me. I nodded, stepping aside. Did you need something, miss, the cashier asked Marceline, who was still standing in front of the counter, looking dazed. I guess I'll have a strawberry milkshake and hang out around here until you leave, she replied, looking at me. Marceline sat in the bakery quietly, occasionally playing with her phone as I did my work. I didn't have much to do, and I didn't want to seem annoyingly clingy while sober, too, so I busied myself with things in the back and paperwork in the office. When it was time to close the shop, I supervised while everyone cleaned and put the baked goods and ingredients away for the next day, then watched as they left one by one. When Marceline and I were the only ones left inside, I sighed with relief. I swear, that was the longest two hours ever, I breathed as I sat down beside her at the table in the corner she had chosen. Marceline yawned. I thought I was gonna fall asleep, she said. Ready to go? Yeah. The drive in the car was silent, and I wondered if I should ask her about what was bothering her. I decided to wait until later, though, considering she was close to falling asleep. When we pulled up into the apartment building's parking lot, I nudged her to make sure she was awake. She smiled at me as we both got out of the car. Hey, Bonnie, Marceline asked as we got into the building. Hmm, I chimed, beginning to feel a little sleepy, myself. I know this is gonna sound weird, but, she paused, looking down at her feet, Ash is. Not a good person, and you still haven't had your locks changed yet have you? Yes, but what do you mean, I asked her. She exhaled deeply, looking a bit ashamed. Ash isn't above breaking into my apartment, especially since he knows where I live now, Marceline admitted. We reached my apartment door and without a second thought, I unlocked the door and stepped aside, allowing her to walk in. Thanks so much, Bon, she said, giving me a sweet smile, although her eyes were apologetic. I wouldn't know how to live with myself if I let a good friend get hurt by some creep, I said as I walked into the bathroom to wash my face and change into some pajamas. Hey, do you need to borrow anything to sleep in? Sure, Marceline replied. I walked out of the bathroom once I was done and retrieved a t-shirt and jersey shorts out of my bedroom. I handed them to Marceline and sat on my bed while she was in the bathroom. After she came out she joined me in my bedroom and stretched, then fell flat on my bed. Thanks for letting me stay here, again, she mumbled, covering her eyes with an arm. You're welcome, I said, falling down beside her. So, can I ask, what did Ash say to you outside of the bakery? Marceline grumbled. Well, first he squeezed my ass from behind out of nowhere. Then he whispered some horrible things to me. Oh, I gasped. 
Wait, what the hell, I said, quickly sitting up. He thought I would go sleep with him, even though we broke up months ago because I caught him sleeping with another girl, Marceline told me, turning over on her stomach, hiding her face from me. Did you love him? I asked her. I thought so, Marceline said quietly. But now that I think about it, I don't think I did. I laid myself back down, thinking about my love life. I had a lot of crushes. I also dated a few dudes in my life. Now that I thought about it, I had never been in love. I wondered what that was like. I'd been in what I thought was love plenty of times, but I always realized later that it wasn't genuine. What was it to love someone with all of our being unconditionally? What was it like to be willing to give up everything just to see your lover happy? I had never known. I wished I could have that at least once in my life. Hello, Bonnie, are you in there? Marceline called. I gasped, realizing I had gotten lost in thought again. I said do you want to play a game? I'm not tired enough to go to sleep. Oh, okay, I said, feeling a bit embarrassed. I knew I did that a lot and it must have made me look like an airhead. Okay, Marceline said. She bit her lip, thinking. How about two truths and one lie? Sure, I nodded. Okay, you first, Marceline said, sitting up with her legs crossed, facing me. I had to take a moment to think of what I would say before finally settling on something. Okay, I had a phase where everything I owned was Hello Kitty. I once dyed my hair purple and I got A's all throughout school. Marceline bit her lip again and looked up, thinking. I stared at her full, pink lips, waiting for an answer. There's no way you got A's on everything, she said. Actually, I did, I chimed. I never dyed my hair purple, though. That color would look terrible on me. Wait, so you were once obsessed with Hello Kitty, Marceline snorted. I felt my whole face turn red. I was beyond embarrassed about that. Well, if it makes you feel any better, I was obsessed with Gur from Invader Zim for a very long time, Marceline admitted. I covered my mouth, trying not to laugh my guts out. But in truth, I remembered how cute and funny I thought that little robot was when I was younger. I just wanted to make her feel embarrassed, too. Okay, okay, my turn, Marceline said, trying to act like she wasn't just as red as a strawberry. She took a moment to think. I've never been out of the state, I can dunk a ball in the basket like a boss, and I'm ambidextrous. You're not a jock, I guessed, taking this from the fact that most people who play sports usually don't dress like punk rockers. You're right. But that doesn't mean I don't have mad skill, Marceline said, smirking. But I have been out of the state, she admitted. I've traveled to do shows. I rolled my eyes. I should have known, I mumbled. It's your turn, Marceline said. Okay, I can speak fluent German, my eyesight is a little bad, and I hate spaghetti. All right, Marceline thought, you gotta be really smart to be able to get A's your whole life, she stopped, looking at my eyes. I don't think I've seen you with contacts, and I have no idea about the spaghetti. I'm gonna say you're lying about your eyes, she finally guessed. 
I stood up and got into the top drawer of my dresser, pulling out a pair of red-rimmed glasses. I put them on and sat back down beside her on my bed. Wrong again, I chimed. Marceline held her mouth in an O shape, then quickly looked away. Fine, let me guess, you actually love spaghetti? Yep, I hummed. I took my glasses off and sat them down on the nightstand. Okay, Marceline yawned. She laid down on her back and closed her eyes. Wait, you really know German? Ja, sehr flüssig, I said with perfect pronunciation. Oh, that's kinda cool, Marceline said. Okay, my turn again. Um, she hummed, having to think for a moment. I'm not that interesting, she claimed with an embarrassed laugh. Don't say that, I said. Okay, I don't have any siblings, my favorite color is red, and I've kissed another girl before, and liked it. Wait, have you kissed another girl? I repeated. I have actually, she admitted, looking away from me. I dated her for almost a year. I thought you dated Ash, I said, wondering if I had heard her wrong. I did, she admitted. It took longer than it should have, but it clicked. Oh, you're bisexual, I realized. Suddenly my face felt hot and I wanted to leave the room. I fought those urges, knowing she might think I was disgusted by her sexuality. I wasn't, honestly. I was more worried about what she might have thought about my behavior that night. I had too much to drink. Had she thought I was flirting? Wait, if she did, why didn't she say anything? Was I being too pushy, was I invading her space? I thought back to how I'd seen guys act when girls flirt with them. Then I thought, did she let me act like that thinking it was flirting, and she was flirting back? Did she think I had a crush on her? Wait a minute. Why was I so embarrassed? Of course Marceline was one of the prettiest girls I've met. I could compare her singing voice to that of angels and I often caught myself thinking about her when she was gone and admiring her when she was near. Hold on, that actually does sound like a crush. Oh my glob, Pepe knows me better than I know myself. How did I never notice? I did have a crush on Shoko. I actually do like girls. I was just now realizing this and I had never felt so stupid. Bonnie, Marceline called me. Her tone was full of worry and I knew what she must have been thinking that I was grossed out or something. Either that, or she knew, and I needed to say something quick before this got too awkward for either of us to handle. Oh, my phone, I lied. I jumped up and went into the living room. I took my phone out of my purse and picked it up. I looked to make sure she hadn't followed me. I sat down on the couch, hugging my knees tightly to my chest. How in the world did I never notice my attraction to the same sex? Now that I've realized it, what do I do? How do things like this work? Is it the same as with boys? But wait, who would be the man in the relationship and who would be the woman? I realized that was a dumb question. I supposed a relationship with another girl would be just like a relationship with a guy. Gendering anything was dumb in this day and age. But what am I going to do now that I have finally realized that I have a huge crush on her? Do I flirt more? 
or should I not assume that she likes me that way and give up? We're such good friends, so maybe I shouldn't mess that up. But she was in my room, on my bed. I took a few calming, deep breaths. I was acting so childish. I'm an adult with a college degree and I was acting like a middle schooler. Maybe I should play this off like I don't feel anything of that sort towards her and it'll go away eventually. But how would I do that, I wondered. Bonnie, I'm gonna go home, Marceline said. I jumped, wondering how long she had been there. Wait, why, I asked. I, uh, she didn't finish her statement, but she looked like someone had just stolen her favorite musical instrument and stomped it into a million pieces. I took another breath, calming my heart rate down, finally. I'm bisexual, too, my heart jumped when I admitted it out loud for the first time, and I remembered that night I stayed at your place. I got really embarrassed because I assumed you were straight. I was afraid you had the wrong idea. I was lying through my teeth and I hoped she didn't see right through me. It was easier this way, though. Marceline's eyes lit up again. Oh, I thought. Never mind, she decided not to say what she was really thinking, which I assumed was that she thought I might have been against her sexuality. I looked at the clock, which was showing midnight. Wow, it's late, I commented. You're going to sleep already, Marceline asked, sounding disappointed. When do you normally go to sleep? Marceline scratched the back of her neck. Five or six in the morning, she admitted. We can't all be nocturnal creatures of the night, I laughed. Do you want to sleep in my bed? I don't mind crashing on my couch. Do you have a cot or a sleeping bag? No, I replied. Well I honestly don't think it's a good idea for us to sleep in separate rooms, considering the circumstances, Marceline suggested with a smirk. She raised an eyebrow when she stared at me, waiting for an answer, and my body temperature rose. I guess you're right, I said, laughing nervously. I walked into my bedroom again with Marceline trailing behind me. I stretched my arms out, trying to convince myself that my thoughts were not impure, and yawned. I laid down on my bed and got under the blankets. I realized I was more tired than I thought, considering how good it felt to finally rest my entire body for the first time since I clocked into work today. Marceline joined me, yawning herself to tears. I got called in early for my part-time job today. I'm pretty tired, too, she said. My heart was beating so loudly that I felt the thumping in my ears. I knew I wouldn't be able to sleep, so I tried to think of another way to distract myself. I'm gonna go and make sure I lock the door, I said. I walked back into my living room. The door was locked and shut tight. I grabbed a glass of water, downed it quickly, then leaned against the counter. I tried to focus on slowing my heart down. After attempting it for about five minutes, it finally slowed to human pace. When I went back into my bedroom I found that Marceline was already asleep. I was relieved, actually. She was unconscious and I wouldn't have to worry about whether or not she noticed how I acted when she did certain things. I wouldn't have to worry about her wanting to talk to me about anything of my bisexuality. I had only just realized it, and she might figure out that something was up. 
I wouldn't bother her, even though I would be incredibly restless. I had to at least try to sleep. I turned off the lights and Marceline rolled over closest to the wall. I laid down as close to the edge as possible, not wanting to accidentally spoon her in my sleep. I had known for a long time that I was bad for wrapping my arms around anything that was laying beside me unconsciously while I slept. As I lay there, facing away from my bedmate, my mind began to wander, thinking about her again. I started to wonder what it would be like to kiss her, then mentally slapped myself. I told myself that I shouldn't be thinking like that. She probably doesn't even like me that way. But my mind refused to get off the subject and played out scenarios about how I could possibly confess to her. I thought about leaving a note on her door, how I would look serenading her with a song, or even just doing it through text. But those were all dumb ideas, I thought. Maybe it would be best to pretend like this crush wasn't there. It would certainly be easier. Besides, why would I want to test my friendship with her? Being her friend is better than her avoiding me for the rest of our lives because I made a fool of myself. I was sure that if I kept pretending long enough, it would eventually go away. It was worth a shot. I don't know when I fell asleep. But when I did, I of course had a dream that only made things worse. It was a really dumb dream. I had recently watched that Twilight movie out of curiosity. I thought it was terrible. But I suppose after knowing that Marceline used to love the whole vampire theme, my brain put the two together. I know what you are, I said in an overdramatic tone. Say it, out loud, Marceline demanded, her eyes glowing red. Just as I was about to quote the next line, the sky turned pink and the trees became gummy worms. So kawaii, I said, my voice suddenly sounding like a stereotype of an anime schoolgirl. Marceline's eyes changed into uncharacteristically large anime eyes. Eh, she exclaimed in a similar stereotypical voice. I walked over to her and wrapped my arms around her figure. Kiss me, Bonnie, she whispered. Bonnie, what are you doing? she asked as I touched my lips to the skin of her neck. Bonnie. Bonnie. Bonnie, she called. I opened my eyes and found that I had wrapped my arms around Marceline in my sleep, somehow. My face was buried in her neck and it turned out that a certain part of my dream was actually happening in real life. I was frozen with embarrassment. Bonnie, Marceline said again. I jumped up off the bed, too flustered to talk. I wanted to run into the bathroom and bang my head into the wall until I forgot what I had just done. Where are you dreaming? Marceline asked me. Yes, I whispered as I passed a lump in my throat. I felt tears filling in my ducts and tried to hold them back. Are you normally like that when you sleep? Mechem, I nodded. It was only partially true. I had never kissed someone when I shared a bed with them. Marceline burst out with laughter and I couldn't hold the tears in any longer. I covered my mouth trying not to make any sounds as a few tears fell. I was just about to leave the room and find a good hiding place before she stood up and grabbed me by the wrist. I'm sorry I laughed, she apologized, wiping a tear from her eye. It just took me by surprise. 
I woke up to you moaning and kissing me and I didn't know what was going on. But it was a dream, I got it. No harm done. Hearing that she was okay with it made me feel a little better. But it didn't cure my utter embarrassment. I've gotta go get ready, Marceline said, getting out of bed. I've got a little gig in the next town over today. Call me if your lock isn't changed today and I'll come over again tonight. She went to the bathroom to change out of my clothes and left.